Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no hog. I got my grub on, but didn't pig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope. Thinking, will I live another 24? I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Yo, that cube with today was a good day, and you're wondering why we are opening with this track. Well, even though who knows when you're listening to this, yesterday was uh, January 20th. So this is already outdated. It's not outdated. I mean, <laughs> January 20th comes every year, but a, a, a sleuth on the internet was able to figure out that, in fact, Ice Cubes, today was a good day. The day that he's speaking of is January 20th, 1992. That was this recent Saturday. Today's Sunday, so it was yesterday. And then two days ago, if you're listening to this on Monday. And then three days ago, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Keep going. Keep going with this. So uh, we thought we would celebrate uh, Ice Cube's best day, the anniversary of Ice Cube's best day, by playing that seminal track, The Best hip hop song from the 90s. Yeah, that's right. It's better than The Chronic. It's better than Fuck With Dre Day. It's better than all that stuff, whatever Eminem did. Today Was a Good Day is the best hip-hop song between 1990 and 1999. And you're listening to New Flesh Podcast, a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror and me and Brett's exciting lives as dudes in uh, related to media in the, <laughs> in the world. Today, my name is Joe Avella. Uh, hit me up on the Instagram, Joe Avella. Search it. And I am Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter.com. Do not have an Instagram. What is the uh, what do you want the main event to be today? You want it to be mom and dad? I guess so. We can kind of do a main event that's uh, Let's do that because that's that but just dropped. So. But we also we saw Mom and Dad, the Nick Cage, Nick Rage's latest movie with Brian Taylor, one half of Taylor, Neville Dean, the gentleman who brought you Crank and Crank High Voltage, and one of the um, Ghost Rider movies, the one that's actually not very good. Spirit uh, of Vengeance. Yeah. Was, and also, what? did they both do Gamer, or did one of them just do Gamer? Oh, I gee, I don't know. Both did. I don't know, but Brian Taylor's coming out of the gate for the first, probably the first movie he's written direct on his own called Mom and Dad, and if you didn't know what it's about, it is about... One day, for whatever reason unexplained, parents want to murder their children. So every parent in the suburb centered around Nicolas Cage and his wife, Selma Blair, go out and just try to murder their teenage daughter and their 10-year-old son. And it fucking rules. Also, we watched The Alchemist Cookbook, currently available on Netflix, by the way. Um, uh, it was on Hulu. Oh, Hulu, excuse me. And I think Shudder as well. Yeah, Mom and Dad is also available for VOD. Came out this weekend, theaters and VOD. We'll talk a little bit about that strategy. I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah, Alchemist Cookbook by the guy who made Buzzard. What's his name? Joel Poitras. We'll just say we both like this better than Buzzard. That being said, Buzzard's pretty pretty hard to enjoy. Yeah, people, I have a lot of people on my feed at the time when I tweeted out a very negative review. A saying, Yeah, saying that how I missed the point and how it's great. Uh. After watching Alchemist, which I quite liked, I almost want to rewatch it, but... I don't know if it's worth the, the I, trouble. I thought Buzzard was fine. I did like Alchemist Cookbook better. That's not saying that I think it's great. Um, we can talk about Buzzard a little bit because I think Buzzard was interesting. But I also think this movie is interesting. I think he has made a... When I watched it, I didn't know it was the Buzzard guy till halfway through it. I didn't know it was the Buzzard guy till the credits And remember, I remember watching it thinking, this reminds me a lot of that movie Buzzard. And I'll tell you really? why when we get to it. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I... 
I knew I knew the title of the movie. Like, yeah. I knew I knew the movie called The Alchemist Cookbook. I didn't know why. Didn't mm. look it up. Just started watching it. Yeah. And then it wasn't until the end credits. And I was like, oh, my God. Now I remember why. People yeah. were like, I knew, I knew I was avoiding it for a reason. And I'm glad I, di- I'm glad I watched it. Because I would have just not watched it had I known gotcha. it was the buzzard guy. Um, and then also you finally saw The Vault, the James Franco starring disaster piece that I saw for last week's starring episode. Starring is an overstatement. Yeah. But, but he yeah. made he made the poster. I did watch it. And, and also what's her name from Orange is the New Black? Taryn Poxitana. Yeah, t- yeah. She's great in it. Yeah. She's an I, awesome actress. She's great. Um, Excuse me. She's an awesome actor. Why do we got a gender specific? I don't know. You did it. It was an accident. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Time's up. Uh, I liked it more than you did. We'll talk about mm-hmm. all those later, but I guess main event can be mom and dad, even though our main events sometimes are under 10 minutes long. That's fine. Whatever. But we're teasing it. We want everyone, we want to have high listenership. So mm. we got to tease where we're going to, and you guys got to like, uh, listen for everything. So we get that sweet, uh, there's, we're not trying to juke the stats. We don't do any ads. I don't even know why yeah, it no. matters. We actually had an advertiser reach out and I followed up and nothing happened. Whatever he'll hit us up when he wants. Maybe yeah. maybe he reached out then listened to the show and was like, "I'm not what what." Oh boy! <laughs> it's like, I there's now again they go one product that want to be aligned with this podcast. It was a weird ask, but you, we'll see what happens. You finally saw the pilot for Dark, although you should have watched the whole goddamn series. I just did like an hour ago. Unbelievable. Enough time for this. So we can talk a little bit more about Dark. I actually will need a refresher. And uh, I will reference it when we talk about Dark, but also I want everyone, if you're listening to this, while you're doing something and have internet access, go to Insider and look up Kim Renfro's summary on the Dark first series. She is the TV genius at Insider. She's great. She did a very concise wrap-up of the show and all the cliffhangers that were there, and it was great because I went back and read it, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't catch half this stuff. So she did probably the best, uh, most concise wrap-up of Dark, and she loved it. I loved it. Hopefully, Brett loved it. And uh, you check it out. It'll be an insider. This is insider. Kim Renfro. Google it. Google it, everyone. Um, and then, geez, I feel like I watched something else, but I forget, so whatever. I watched I'll, I'll look up on my phone as we talk. All those things I mentioned, and then also... Did you go to the show? I almost watched Disaster Artist, and I'll tell you why I missed it. Oh, wait, that oh, time the last time? you did tell me. With Lamar? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I forgot what I was just going to say. What else did you watch besides... Oh, uh, I watched Paddington. The bear. Oh yeah, how is it? People are actually saying it's good. I only Did watched like it, it because people were freaking out about the new one. There's a second one. Oh, you watched the first. I one. watched the first one on Netflix, which just got added. Okay. Uh, very enjoyable. It's a kids movie. Kids but movie. But the Paddington Bears is a uh, is a um. Kids it's thing, some right? sort of book, I guess. I think it's an old kids book, but I'm not quite sure. It's a very British, very enjoyable kids movie. If okay. you got kids, throw on Paddington. There are some jokes in there. You know how those kids' movies do that thing where they'll be like, they'll make a joke for the parents and yeah. like make it really n- not like nudge, nudge. Like, hey, look, that one's for you guys. Yeah, the honey just splashed on her face and is dripping down her throat. Uh, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> it means come. Uh, <laughs> no, the reason why I liked Paddington is, is the jokes that were aimed at adults were like also jokes kids could laugh at. It was just really smart, clever mm-hmm. writing instead of like, yeah, we're gonna make like a dick outline over here. Like, uh, like uh, famously, Pee Wee's Playhouse was the first show that yes. like kids and adults could both enjoy. Ren and yes. Stimpy's another one. Yes. Uh, oh, also, I watched Dead Awake, or I will say, I tried to watch it. <laughs> Ooh boy, and that is does not bode well for future guests. Yeah, well, I don't think he listens to. I'll, I'll be nice. Um, no, don't be nice. Uh, you know, I, I mean, even though it's not horror, I watched the uh, my next guest, the uh, David Letterman interview oh, I show watched that. with Obama. That was yeah. fine. That was fine. Was what great. the most amazing thing about that? I'll say. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the most amazing thing when we get to it. 
Um, and I have not watched the end of the fucking world yet, but I hear great things. I hear Wait, that's really I good. Hearing about and that. damn it, I want to watch Open House so bad. I had it in my uh, my queue to watch for the show, but oops, I played Zelda and lost eight hours yesterday. So <laughs> God damn, dude. Dude's. Nintendo has changed you. Yo, are you going to get a Switch? I'll get a switch. Did you see the thing I said that Labos thing I that they did have? Watch Holy that. fuck, dude! It's pretty that ridiculous. That is genius. That's a genius fucking move on them. I love that they first of all they did it with the switch, with the actual switch being this thing that's portable and like you know you plug it, put it down on your TV, pick it up. It's handheld. It's the same thing. That's mm-hmm. genius. And then now they just invented a new market of these kind of like uh, cheap cardboardy things you can get to like enhance the play of your game. Because, you know, when they did, I know this is a video game talk, but when they did the Wii, so you had to buy that expensive steering wheel, you had to buy like other things they could do, and not a lot of people had those things because you just didn't want to spend all this money for a thing for one game. But then they invented these cardboard things. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, 10 bucks, make the thing, make the fake steering wheel console or typewriter for your thing, and if you don't like it, who gives a shit, Right. Right, genius. And now I, what I understand, you as a as a Switch fan can like make your own and send it to them if they approve the design. Then they'll be able to sell it on their through their Wii through their Switch. It's just a money making machine. Yeah. yeah, it's also nice to see like for years people were like Nintendo's over, dude. PlayStation and Xbox rules. And Nintendo they they didn't fucking go away. They're just like you know instead of trying to compete where we can't, we're just gonna spend a couple years inventing a new market. They dropped it, and now everyone's like. I haven't heard anyone talk about PlayStation in since I, I got a Wii. Everyone, or I got a Switch. Everyone talks about the Switch. It's true. Everyone. Okay. Uh, how was your week? What'd you do? Uh, I can't remember anything notable from the during the week, but this weekend, Umphreys McGee is in town. So I've been at the Beacon Theater the past two nights. Yeah. Going again tomorrow night. Also, being on the Upper West Side gave me an excuse to go to probably my favorite Greek restaurant what in place? New York. It's called Kefi. Shout out to Kefi with a K? Yeah, K-E-F-I. I think it's on like mm-hmm. uh, 80th yeah. in like Columbus or something. Uh, go there, get the beef souvlaki or mm-hmm. the sheep's cheese ricotta. Are you telling me or our listeners? You're looking, telling, you just I'm turned to look Joe. at me like... I'm telling Joe. Like, before you go... Go get this sheep's cheese uh, ravioli. Hang on, I'm gonna I gotta use both hands and put a mic down. It is unbelievable. Uh, why'd you put your mic down? I don't have anything else to say. I'm just talking about Greek. Okay, food. I gotta write Kefi. K E F I. And where? Uh, Upper West Side. It's like 80th Upper in Columbus or something. West. Okay, I gotta go to Kefi. I gotta go to the Brandy Library. I gotta go to um, McSorley's. That's a famous. You never been to McSorley's? I have, and I gotta go there before I go. It's a shithole, but you gotta go. Okay, here's my list of things to go before I leave New York. You tell me if I should go or not. Morbid Anatomy Museum. Haven't been. Okay, Chrysler Building. I mean, you see it. Yeah. Okay. Top of the Rock. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's top of Rockefeller. <laughs> it's an observation deck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Haven't S- done it. Sleep no more. Uh, I've been to a party at that hotel. Yeah. I've seen Ween in that hotel. I've yeah. never done the actual thing, but you should. I hear it's great. Yeah, I hear it's great. But they have shit like that in LA, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, Colbert taping. I should go. I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, two friends who write for the show on Tuesday. I might see if they can get me in. I was just going to say, Harris could get you in if they can't, but you have friends on the show. Please, so like, I know fine. people who actually write for the show, not the people who say <laughs> they do. Uh, the Chelsea Gallery cl- crawl. Eh, I'm not going to be able to make it. New York Public Library. I don't know. I'd, I think I've been there. Do you need to get a book? Before Not just you that go. the library is supposed to be incredible. You fucking asshole! <laughs> the library is like it's like a, a miracle of architecture. Their their main library. 
Yeah, you're I gotta read book. a book, <laughs> yeah. fucking nerd. Uh, I want to look up a newspaper from the 60s. I want to look at the newspaper the day I was born. What do you know? <laughs> Nothing was going on. Uh, I would have liked to have seen an opera at the Met, but that's not going to happen. Come on. No, you wouldn't. Uh, well, I'd like to go and like maybe like slip out at <laughs> halftime. <laughs> that's how much I little enough with the opera I called at halftime. Yeah, I got it. He's upset. Someone's... Yeah, the ref's coming out. He's calling <laughs> the half. We're going to go. Mo and I actually did this thing where they did an opera in a warehouse. I think it was in Bushwick. It was kind of near where we were. Sounds very Bushwicky. But here's the thing. So like they built like a set and it was kind of not theater in the round but like you know it was in the middle of the uh of the this huge open dilapidated warehouse space like they had like porta potties and shit in there like tables where they had beer and uh, beer and wine and i think we had to stand for most of it i think it was like an hour long so that's nothing worse than a concert but dude like it was actually fucking awesome like they made it it wasn't like they tried to put a professional stage in a warehouse they did it where it was just like one or two spotlights and just a thrown up kind of set but man those motherfuckers could sing i think the idea was is you know People who come here to do opera who can't do it all the time because I mean, like, how many yeah, opera spaces are there? Warehouse. Yeah, well, they were just like, hey, we'll do our own show, and it was really fucking good. I love actually, the city. it was great. Um, Coney Island, been there. Yeah, I want to want to go to Brand- Brandy Library. That's like, I think it's like the most expensive place to get a drink. And, oh. But it's one of those places where it's like the old leather couches. And I think you can smoke cigars there, and it has like the the two story. Uh, like like uh, shelves with like all the brandies and whiskey. like they have everything there. Like that's a, that's a place where I'm not gonna do it, but you could essentially get like a five hundred dollar glass of scotch. Yeah, I wow. think you can't go in unless you uh, are wearing a jacket, like a like a um. I've been to a place like, like a jacket, that. like yeah. no gym shoe sort of joint. You ever been to Angel Share? No, I have not. It's a cocktail bar. It's like hidden in like the top of like a some sort of Asian restaurant. Okay. And the drinks there are also like that. Mm-hmm. And it's closer. I just remember getting a drink that it. I, it had smoke in it. Yeah. It's crazy. Great. Love shit like that. Uh, but, so my wife got back from LA yesterday. Mo got back. And like in her mind, we've already moved there. Like she's sure. she's so stoked to go there. And I have an announcement to make. My wife likes Los Angeles more than Portland. So it looks like I don't have to hear about us moving there someday anymore. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very happy about no longer feeling guilty that we don't live in Portland every day. <laughs> that she reminds me of it. She had a blast. We, uh, I forget if I said this last time. But Does she have, have friends out there already? Yeah, we both have uh, a lot of mutual friends out there, actually. So that'd be awesome. cool. So yeah, uh, I should probably have some sort of going away party. Should I? What do you think? We had this talk last week. Who cares? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I let her set that up. Yeah. Um, and what else is going on? Just uh, pretty much. Uh, oh, uh, I put up. Okay. So I know that we don't give a shit about Anchor. Did I forget that this last time? Uh, I use Anchor to do my uh, Joe Gets High and Watches a Movie notes. So I don't know how you can find it, but go on. Oh, oh, here's the thing. So check this out. So Anchor has this thing now that once your 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 show or your Anchor account gets like, there's like, it had this alert that was like, we're setting up your podcast right now. And I'm like, I don't, what does that mean? Like an Anchor podcast? But no, what they do is they automatically give you a podcast in the Apple Store. What do you mean? If you just start using Anchor? Like they set it all up. So let me see if I can find it. So uh, you can find Joe talking stoned about movies on iTunes right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess search my yeah. name. Yeah, no, it was up there. I listened to the iTunes store. I'm like, this is stupid that this exists. Do I still have it? Fuck, where is it? Yeah, here it is. Uh, but unfortunately, the name of my show is the money emoji that's sticking its tongue out three times. Because <laughs> I wasn't thinking. So there's just like, name your thing. And I'm like, I'll do this. Because then, so anyway. So literally no one can find this. So if you search in the iTunes store, I think like on the desktop at least, it's just a little square where there's an emoji so search joe avella and you'll see there's two things either this or it's a picture of my that my icon is a picture of me holding up a white castle how cup. long is this can we play it right now uh it's not that long i think i uh eight minutes so uh let me, should we play this let me or should see, we save it let me see if uh let me uh, final d episode uh give yeah. a little taste okay a little taste the final destination is uh pre-9-11 
So they're walking around the airport like it's the mall. I think that's a good observation. That is a thing that happens in there when you see at the beginning, like like the bus pulls up and people are just like casually walking on and off the bus and like they walk into the terminal and yeah. like walk right to the terminal. Like like there's like a crazy person like, handing out like pamphlets. Yeah, like yeah. Like, 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 like people are just like 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 the, 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 like they're just like oh just hanging out like again like people are just like, walking around doing stuff. I'm like oh yeah that's right before nine eleven you just like walk into and they're like international flight. There's no security. They're just walking in there. Uh, and one thing I also I would not shut up during this thing because I was like super stoned. I'm like. <laughs> I kept being like, Were you by yourself? Yeah. Awesome. I was like, this, the movie looks exactly like American Pie. Like, it looks exactly like, like American Pie. Yeah, it looks like the same cast. It's not. There's even a guy, I freak out. I couldn't remember the name. The name's Sherman or the Shermanator, that guy. There's yeah. a guy, when there's a scene either like when they're back in class or at a funeral or something where like a kid, like an extra, sit next to a or in front of a main character. And I'm like, holy fuck. That kid looks exactly like, like the Shermanator. I think I called him Felcher or whatever. I didn't know his name. Felcher. You but Finch, but I was so I was so stoned that there'd be times when I'm watching the movie and like things are happening, people are talking, and like something scary or tragic or like the music, will, like a suspenseful music, would happen, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, I forgot I'm not watching a comedy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Especially yeah, when Sean William Scott's in, I'm just like, "Oh, this guy's hilarious." I'm like, "Oh wait, this is this isn't this is an American pie." Fucked up. I, like they walk on the plane and there's like a retarded man. Yeah, and, and, and a, a baby. Kids, and yeah. the guy's like, "Yeah, we take a real fucked up god to like destroy this plane." What a weird then, thing to then, then it, it happens. Yeah, that's weird they said that. Yeah, and also I couldn't. Then later when it, when his best friend dies, like it's like like dies in the tub, like string himself, or whatever. Yeah. And he goes to the house like because he thinks it's gonna happen. And then like they're bringing the dead body out. And I go into this on the uh, on the thing. <laughs> in the but, anchor podcast. But him and his him and the dad's like, hey, go home, man. He's like, what happens? Like, just go home. All right. He 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 killed himself. He was just so guilty about it. And like, but they're both like, he's like, no, you understand. You he didn't kill him. And the dad's like, hey, why don't you just get out of here? And I'm like, your son literally died 20 minutes ago. You seem like pretty chill for like. Yeah, get out of here. Hey, uh, hey, I want to take off. I guess he just killed himself. So I guess we'll see you later. <laughs> like, shouldn't you be like hysterical? Something I noticed while watching that I wanted, I should have waited to comment on until we watched the rest of them. Yeah. But I want that scene in particular is like the one that sticks out the most is like death creeps up on you, right? And like yeah. you see how it happens, like the water goes uh leaks from the toilet which yep. causes him to slip which causes that and then at the end of the scene you see the water go back yeah, into okay. the toilet yeah as if to say like it's, it's a, covering its own track or it's a, se- or it's a it's setting him up to look like a suicide a sentient thing yeah, yeah yeah that i don't remember that tracking through all of that no I'm it doesn't sure they just drop it they did like much like saw they just made it a whole franchise of like what's a cool way we can kill someone yeah they totally just like took the idea and made it easier for but, them. But I mean, I, I think the, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters either because the whole conceit of it was like everyone's dying. Like you know, he's going like, oh, the house, the house burned down and he was inside of it. You know, or or uh, there, there was when um the when that woman was like stuck in the car in the second one and the airbag actually goes off and her head goes back to the pool. Oh hell it, yeah! It wasn't like no one could look at and be like, whoa, she's cursed. It's just like holy fuck. Like people people die, accidents happen. You yeah. Know? It was all about yeah. a- it looking like an accident. Yeah. yeah uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, check out uh, the Joe Avella Stone podcast. When will I do? You got to subscribe because I don't know what I'm doing another episode. We'll just pop up intermittently. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll, sh- I'll shout it out here. I mean, maybe I can make. It's it- really great that the title of it is three emojis. <laughs> you fucking with the tongue asshole. hanging. Out. I didn't know I was naming the. Sh- they were just like when you when you set up. It's like okay, you know, so what do you want your name? I'm like yeah, Joe Avella. Like okay, name your name your show. And I'm like my anchor show. Who gives a shit? Like. Three, three, emojis. three emojis. Who cares? You know, uh, is so that yeah. a modern day remake of Three Amigos? No, 
Okay. I'm going to put that to bed right now. Now, <laughs> uh, so maybe that'll be the uh, the bonus content for this podcast. Or uh, <laughs> if I can't if, if I can't call in a Skype in LA, I'll, we'll we'll both do one and just like drop it. <laughs> and if you listen to us ramble, we'll we'll pick the same movie, get high and watch, and just like <laughs> who's yeah, still watching great. this? This podcast is a bright future. Yeah. Uh, okay. So with that, I guess we'll get into uh, bits and pieces. You got some bits and pieces for me? I do. Do you have a theme? Mm-hmm. A bits and pieces. Yeah. Bits and pieces. I feel like. I wonder if someone could like do an analysis and see how similar every yeah. single one of them. Or if someone wants to t- down, uh, take out a couple of their favorites and add like background tracks to it. Any producers out there want to remix a bit bits and pieces? Yeah, any <laughs> producers with a lot of time on your hands. Look, if you're if you're pursuing pr- production, you have a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, well, I mentioned this last week that we knew Duncan Jones's Mute was about to join Netflix sometime next month. And you clarified this before, but I have to ask again. Is this that movie when you saw the trailer where no one was talking? No. Okay. What is that movie called? That movie's called The Quiet Ones. Okay. I would like to see that. Yeah. And uh, I want to see this. Yeah. Mute with Alexander Skarsgård as a mute bartender. <laughs> opens. February opens. Starts streaming on netflix february 23rd mm-hmm. so start streaming the mute february 23rd one one month from today blam, 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 nah, 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 nah. all right next <laughs> uh next one a24 has a new horror movie whoa cool it's called hereditary okay the poster's out looks, looks pretty cool yeah house it's a house but it's all like upside down and Kinda shit. looks like the album cover for girl talks uh Feed the animals. <laughs> That's Doesn't right. it? Yeah. yeah. Remember Girl Talk? Yeah, he was the great. Coolest thing when you were in college, or when I was in college. When he was around, we'll say. Yeah. And it was sure. a cool thing, but also it was like, everyone does it worth. now. Yeah, and also, did. and also it was like he tried to. I think he does produce. His and name it's like, is Greg cares. Gillies, right? Yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, here's the plot of Hereditary. Okay. Um, when Ellen, the matriarch of the Graham family, Ellen pa- Graham, Ellen Graham passes mm-hmm. away. Her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. Mm-hmm. The more they discover, the more they find themselves trying to outrun their sinister fate they seem to have inherited. Whoa. Making its feature debut, writer-director Ari Aster unleashes a nightmare vision of a domestic breakdown that exhibits the craft and precision of a nascent auteur, transforming a familial tragedy into something ominous and deeply disquieting. Cool. And pushing the horror movie in a chilling new terrain with a shattering portrait of heritage gone to hell so that's a press release obviously uh mm-hmm. but that sounds dope will I this will watch it will this be a, a straight to the netflix uh don't know yet it is premiering at sundance this week and then we will probably figure out some distribution i'm not sure what the what the deal is but a24 and i would assume would put it out theatrically first they generally do yeah yeah definitely definitely um, oh we gotta talk about movie pass later oh sure you got a chance Forgot about that um, so speaking of Sundance, great transition. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there's a handful of horror stuff that is there. Okay. One of them is that uh, uh, the, what's the what's that guy who made Beyond the Black Rainbow? I don't know his name, but I know him. Yeah. Panos Cosmatos. That's why. I don't, that's dad, why. And that's why I don't know his name. His dad is this director who did like First Blood Part Two. Oh and yeah. Cobra. And Hell like yeah. That. So yeah. Um, this is his next movie, and it stars Nick Cage, and the picture that's been released <laughs> is him all bloody. Degra- did you see Degracio's, uh, uh, Jason Degracio's, um, Gracio's, not Degracio. Yeah, he reviewed it. He reviewed it, and he was just like, this is uh, peak Cage, peak yeah, Rage Cage. I was going to say, everybody who reviewed it uh, had just mostly hyperbole. Uh, rage uh, be rage. 
Bilga Ibiri, one of my favorite critics who works for the Village Voice, said, like, the devil kidnapped Ridley Scott circa 1985, metal as fuck, insanely violent, surprisingly lyrical, pretty sure I cried at the end. Hell yeah. Here's more. I was going to read some blurbs. They're so good. Go for it. Mandy is bonkers. Between the Cenobite-esque bikers, weird, trippy, LSD-fueled sequences, crazy killings, a chainsaw duel, and a freaking tiger, it scratched all my cinematic itches. Cage is three flame emojis. <laughs> and Bill three. fucking Duke. Who's Bill Duke? I don't know, but he's in it. I'll look it up. Um, Eric Vespi of Ain't It Cool News, I think, in the past. Only go see Mandy if you want to experience a fantasy axe-wielding, pissed-off Nicolas Cage get revenge on a group of LSD demon bikers and cultists. Oh, my God. That's a, that's the best <laughs> description of a movie. I know. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, also he just, you know, Cage is the star of... Uh, Mom and, and Dad, Dad. which we talk about today. Yeah, uh, another one, Eric. Kahn. Oh, this guy. Yeah, I know this guy. He was in Predator. He was oh, in Predator. Oh, dude, Bill Duke's amazing. Yeah, the, he's he's the black guy. He's the other black guy in Predator. Yeah, uh, Mandy is like a psychedelic metalhead remix of Last House on the Left. Nicholas Cage, no surprise, turns his crazy dial up to eleven. Mm-hmm. I am just fucking psyched for this movie. Yeah, I want to see. Doesn't this. Doesn't have distribution yet. I'm sure it will get it no yeah. in no time. Uh, definitely gonna be watching Mandy and looking out for the release date. Um, there's also a Lizzie Borden movie. Wow, really? That people say is, this is from Collider, the classiest lesbian axe murderer movie ever. Uh, I've heard mixed things about this one, but it's called Lizzie. And then there's something, this isn't horror, but Tyrell, directed by Sebastian Silva, who's one of my favorite working directors right now. Who is he? What is he done? He did very underrated movie from 2013 called Magic Magic. I don't know if you ever saw not. it. I've heard of it. I will totally try to find my copy of it. Uh, <laughs> in the in the in the uh, the, the Brett Arnold tomb. Yeah, it's somewhere in here. Of, of DVDs. It never got a Blu-ray release, and I'm still mad about it. Oh Jesus! Uh, he, in the same year, that guy did that movie with a Spanish-speaking Michael Sarah. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, no. What was it called? It was called Crystal Fairy. No idea. And he did Nasty Baby a couple years ago with um, with uh, what's her name, Kristen Wiig. He just is a very interesting indie guy. I think one of the most interesting directors around. And he has a new one called Tyrell. Everyone loved it. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I'm trying to figure but out. But it's a non-horror movie. Not a horror movie. Uh, but everyone should seek out Magic Magic. It stars, what's her name? Juno Temple. Mm, and also a Spanish-speaking uh, Michael Sarah. He's in that too. Uh, so okay. the same year, he did Crystal Fairy, Magic Magic. Before that, he did a few movies called The Maid and Old Cats, Life Kills Me. Uh, Nasty Baby is probably his most I don't know. It, there's another festival movie that never really got a release. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you should you would like him. Okay. Check out Sebastian Silva's work. Uh, Tina Romero, the daughter of George Romero, yeah, is gonna do a horror movie called Queens of the Dead. And here's called, what she says called about Cashing it. in on My Dead Dad. It's called Cashing in on My Dead Dad. Ridiculous. Look, why um, why would she have any? Ability is this it, is her parenthetical. It, it doesn't matter that her dad was a great director. It doesn't make her. It's not. She's a DJ, comma dancer, and filmmaker. Okay. Yeah. So she doesn't do anything. Queens of the Dead. Here's what she said. Queens of the Dead is a fusion of two huge parts of my world: zombies and gay nightlife. It's a tribute to my father as well as my entree into the genre he grandfathered. I can't say too much yet, but what I can tell you is this film will have all the hallmarks of a George R. Romero classic. Yeah, because you're stealing your dad's Politics, bed. heroes, assholes, and more importantly, uh, herds of silly and slow-moving walkers that you can't help but love. But I'm doing it Tina style and bringing the glitter, choreography, uh, queers, and queens. Hey, it doesn't... If you don't like it, you're homophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, your movie sucks. Oh, you just don't... Uh, you don't like progressive... Uh, uh, 
uh, gay culture in, in your movies and your horror movies. You guys are just too close-minded to like my. Do you want to read the saddest kicker in the world? In yeah, story? I'll it. Meanwhile, George Romero's son. His dad's last words were, "Make sure my daughter doesn't make a film." <laughs> no, George Romero's son, George Cameron Romero. Cool middle name. That's my middle name. Cameron. Yeah. Losers. <laughs> uh, he's also working on a zombie movie of his own. Of course. Titled Rise of the Living Dead. A titled. Uh, <laughs> also Ro- cashing in. Yeah, the, the Romero name will at least uh, make the money back. That's what that means. Oh, whatever. We'll see. I mean, it's just fuck off, you know. Yeah. Hey, Romero kids. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, your dad. Your dad's uh, legacy will make you enough money to you don't have to get any real jobs. Just knock it off. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is. I don't know if anyone's a fan of the Todd McFarlane's. Uh, HBO animated Spawn series. I was thinking was it was cool when it came out in like 94 or 97, five? I think. Yeah. 97, like, 99. Because it was like, whoa, it's so gritty. But now it's like, who cares? I remember liking it because I was yeah. like seven. Yeah. I thought it was badass. You, ever, you said the Spawn movie, right? Yeah. What the fuck was that all about? I don't know. Woof. He's trying to remake. He's actively trying to get an R-rated Spawn movie happening right now. We'll yeah. see if that happens. But the news here is that all of Spawn, which wasn't on HBO Go or anything, is now on Amazon Prime. Okay. So I kind of want to see if it's any good. Because, I mean, it was a hard-R show, right? If I recall. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. HBO. Yeah, I would love to see if it's still good or if I'm crazy. Uh, this is exciting for me. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost uh, of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and what, World's End? Yeah. Are developing a horror comedy series called Truth Seekers. Okay. Each episode, this is what Simon Pegg said, it's a horror comedy series about a three-person paranormal investigation team. Mm-hmm. Each episode is going to be an adventure, a potential haunting or something. It'll start as a very uh, parical idea. Don't know that word. Yeah. A very uh, small business venture for these people, but it will expand as the series goes on to be something far more global. It's a language everyone understands, the mystery of the unknown. Shaun of the Dead was a similar set story in North London, and somehow it managed to get this global reach because everyone understands the language of zombie movies. So, so just it's a, it's like a parody of the par- those paranormal shows, like, like those X Files, you think? Which oh, like an X Files. That's what I would imagine. Oh, I thought it was more like uh, like those Ghost Hunter shows. Oh, maybe. No, that's what I took it as. I don't know. Oh, you're right. You're right. The way it. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. Well, like, I guess like like the, like the two guys from Insidious that they had a show. Well, there's a, there's a ghost. There's a, a paranormal show. There's like a couple of those shows where guys go to haunted places to find ghosts or whatever. And every time it's like, look at this blur on this camera. That's a ghost. You know what I mean? Yeah. My favorite genre of television. For yeah, sure. so that's rife for parody. Uh, the first image of Zac Efron as Ted Bundy was released mm. on his Twitter account. Uh, the movie, you know, the script was on the blacklist. It's directed by fucking Joe Berlinger. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile is a great title. Uh, John Malkovich was just cast in it. Cool. Lily Collins is Bundy's Which, wait, former girlfriend. Ted Bundy. Which one was he? Which murderer was he? Well, he uh, he wasn't the clown one. That was Ed Gein. No, that's uh, that's that's uh, that wasn't Gein either. That was Gacy. Okay, let's get to check out what Ted Bundy was up to. He was uh, in the seventies. He was executed. Uh, Thirty murders. He like raped and murdered young women. He's just. But th- but like what? Uh, I don't know if like, he has like a defining. Scroll down. I think like maybe there was. I want. I feel like something he did might have been like um, turned into like a movie. It seems like every of the big horror movies of. Uh, well, Ed Gein was the basis of like so many. Yeah, I don't know about Ted Bundy. There's a movie called Ted Bundy. Yeah, oh well, yeah. So some, some, some. Uh, that's the same people that the Dahmer movie with. Uh, what's his face? It's not very good. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that was so bad. It was so boring. He decapitated at least twelve of his victims. Uh-huh. Kept severed heads around. Yeah, what up with the severed heads? There's a thing like in pop culture. You scroll. Maybe it says like movies that are that are based on his. Yeah, there you go. The contents. See what it says. References maybe in media. No, go back. 
Uh, was that was that one of them? I don't know. Whatever. This is not good radio for us to be on Wikipedia together. <laughs> yeah, no. In media, the deliberate stranger, Ted Bundy, stranger beside me, the Riverman. I think that's just more like stuff that was about stuff uh, that was about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the okay. Riverman starring Carrie Elways. Is that how you pronounce that? I was L E L U L W L U S. Whatever. Ooh. All right, so you know yeah, what? that Whatever. movie will be cool. I just Joe Berlinger, man. Yeah, I know, and I'm he hasn't kind of... really directed a non-doc uh, since his awful, uh, his unfairly maligned yeah. Blair Witch, his so-so Blair Witch movie. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, I'll see it. Uh, this is also pretty cool. What do you got? William Friedkin. Jesus, I know. I hate that picture. picture. Uh, William Friedkin went to f- like he made a documentary uh-huh. about. An exorcism, like he went wow, with the cool. priest and like filmed and like Dude, he was only huge on ca- on, on Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Did you so, listen to his WTF? No. He, according to him, he's he's seen and held the shroud of Turin, the 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 the, the, the shroud that they say they wrapped Jesus' body in, and like has like he said he went to the place where it is and they let him touch it. Is that crazy? It's very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. So this movie is called The Devil and Father Amorth. Ooh. And Friedkin filmed the actual exorcism of an Italian woman performed by Father Gabriella Morth. I wonder. And here's what he said. In the early 1970s, when I directed The Exorcist, I had not witnessed an exorcism, but I wondered how close I had come to portraying reality. I had been curious to meet Father Amorth for many years, and when he granted permission to meet and film him in Rome last May, it was the opportunity to complete the circle and see how close that film came to reality. I had to shoot it alone, obviously. The conditions were that I come along with no crew and no lights, so I used a Sony still camera that shot high-definition video. I had only that camera running, and I was only about two feet away from them, perhaps even closer. It was terrifying. I went from being afraid of what could happen to feeling a great deal of empathy with this woman's pain and suffering, which is obvious in the film. Sounds fucking crazy. Yeah, here's what happened. It's, it's a mentally ill person that has gone undiagnosed, and idiot people think that they're possessed by a devil. I'm sure it's like, you know, some fucking... That's probably what the movie ended up being about. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait, oh, it turned out to be schizophrenia because there's no demons. It's not an exorcist. It's not real. Like, I'll see it, but already I'm just like, well, this is nonsense. Uh, comes out April 20th, 420. Uh, unless it's going to be like a Blair Witch thing when she comes out. It's like, yeah, we were just kidding. But there's no, it was like, oh, I filmed an exorcist. Like, no, you didn't. You, you, you filmed people haranguing a mentally ill person is what you did. It's stupid. There's no such thing as exorcisms. Next. Next. Uh, crackle. You know Crackle? Oh, yeah. Comedians and Cars Getting Cut. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, Netflix stole that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was looking this up, or yeah, so basically the news here is Crackle is developing a cannibal serial killer TV series called The Butcher. Chomp, chomp. It'll be produced by uh, Gary Oldman. Hey, all right. Uh, Oldman he, wants to just like fuck this movie set shit, man. I want to. Uh, I want to be on. I want to be the internet. Yeah, he's like, I'm, no, he's like, I want to be on a golf course at 3 p.m. Let's just produce. He's something. like, who produced Joe Dirt too? Yeah. Get me on their network. <laughs> Uh, he's watching his grandkids are watching Joe Dirt too. He's like, oh, he's blowing crabble, mate. Oh, so he's like this white trash guy, huh? Hey, Kid Rock, I love that bloke. Crackle, eh? Uh, the Butcher is a modern story of one man's. How epic- funny would it be if Gary Oldman found out about streaming services when someone was watching Joe Dirt 2 on Crackle? He's like, I wish I remembered the subtitle yeah, for Joe Dirt 2. Yeah, like he's American like, I'll let me get this straight. They paid to make this movie, and it's on the internet right away. You don't gotta go no theater. Yeah, yeah, Grandpa Gary. Oi. <laughs> He's still wearing his Winston Churchill makeup and shit. Hey, are you going to wash that off? Oi. <laughs> uh, so here's the description. Give me that bloody bloke, Joe Dirt. Go ahead. The Butcher is a modern story of one man's epic investigation to find, hunt down, and kill a serial killer who lives among us, someone who is very human but also beyond human. Along the way, the story's hero, a hardened L.A. homicide detective named Mitch Dixon, must uncover the mystery of who the butcher is, how he operates, and come to terms with the unbelievable truth that he has discovered the key to immortality, the price of which is consuming human flesh. Right. 
I'll watch that if I can. I don't know how to watch Crackle stuff. I think it's just online. You have to watch ads. Um, I just discovered they made two straight-to-crackle movies based on the Dead Rising video games, which are zombie games, which are basically based on Dawn of the Dead anyway. It's just <laughs> you're stuck in a mall. It's just you're finding a way to sidestep uh, uh, copyright issues. Yeah, we'll make uh, Dead Rising. Yeah, so yeah you guys don't have copyright on malls, so we'll Has yeah. anybody seen these Dead Rising movies? And are they Dead Rising Watchtower, that's the first one or the second one? I don't one? know. Dead Rising Watchtower is the first one. Joe Dirt, Beautiful Loser, was that what it's called? Yeah, I guess so. Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. Straight to Crackle starred... Uh, oh, he's got a mop like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> Dennis Miller's back in it, baby. Of course he is. I tried to watch this. I think I was on the way to the airport when it launched, and I was like, I'll check it out for a few minutes on my phone. It was so bad. Of course it was. Like David I liked the first one. David Spade isn't funny. I used to think Sorry, that was funny, funny, and I used to think Dickie Roberts was funny. Which one's that? The one he's a former child star, and his catchphrase is, That's Nuckin' Futs. Uh, all those guys have the, had at one point the ability to be comedy stars, but they pulled a uh, an Aykroyd where they're just like, "Hey, I, I was I was success in my uh, late twenties, early thirties. I know I'm not going to change anything for the rest of my life. I mean, they're just old. I mean, the the, the grown up shit. Sandler's the same way. Like, I'm I'm still rooting for Adam Sandler, but everything he does is terrible. Everything uh, he, he does is good, terrible. He did that good one this year or last year. It was this year. For Noah Baumbach. Yeah, because he acted in it. Noah Baumbach yeah, wrote and right. directed it. When those guys are in charge of projects, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, he has all these Netflix movies. and they're Like, nice. I watched that trailer for that uh, that uh, uh, Rob Schneider show. I don't like Rob Schneider at all, right? So he has a Netflix show that's just called it Rob. It looks very cheap and bad, right? Yeah, but, like, like the big payoff in one of the trailers is, like, he's in bed with, he's, he's like, I think he's in bed or at the, the kitchen table with his wife, and she says something, and he, like, spits his water out. Like, it's like a, a spit take? Yeah, like, a spit take is a joke that made the trailer. You just watch the jokes, and you're like, this is the easiest, most blandest fucking... Like, this guy can't hire someone to write for him? Like, like these guys, is like it's almost like they stopped trying to get better 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sad. You, know, you watch the SNL stuff back, back when SNL where they wrote and starred in it, and you can arguably say that that stuff is still pretty good. Like, the copy guy was funny, and Spade was really funny, and so those guys are like really funny on that show. You go, why are you guys not funny anymore? I don't get it. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, if, there's, if, if people are still paying them to make shit, there you go. So this, this last piece of news is actually non-news. It's just there, <laughs> was, there was a viral – it was not eh, mildly viral. Let's say horror fans were talking about it last week. Uh, but as you can tell, it's not a lot going on in the world of horror, so like anyth- yeah. anything is like turns into news. So basically some guy like found an old interview with Jason Blum that said, quote, I really wanted to do Friday the 13th. I would love to do that movie. Maybe someday we'll get to do that one. It was an offhand, just like, of course, this is what he'll say in the mm-hmm. interview. Of course he would. Asked. Well, that's what, hey, you make horror movies huge hits. Do you want to do Friday the 13th? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, sure. Of course. course I would. Why wouldn't I? So someone took that and the the fact that there's a unnamed Blumhouse movie to be released on Friday, December 13th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Someone took that and just strung up a totally bullshit article that said Blumhouse has acquired Friday the 13th and they're doing it. That's so annoying. So none it's of this is true. So annoying. Nothing's been confirmed. Nothing's uh, been confirmed. What's about to happen is the rights are about to revert back to Warner Brothers because uh-huh. in 2013, it's very weird, Warner Brothers Pictures traded their Friday the 13th rights to Paramount mm-hmm. in exchange uh, for Interstellar. 
Okay. So yep. they made money on that. Yeah, for Best Picture, right? Right. So Paramount and then they had f- five years to make another Friday the 13th, and they didn't. Oh, didn't pa- so Paramount isn't what uh, uh, Michael Bay did? Uh... Maybe, but that was before. That was 2009. Oh, okay. Said so five years, they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and, and so I, nothing happened. And so, clearly they're not because... And they blamed the, the Bloody Disgusting writer, blamed it on a change in climate, it, like like found footage movies dying because that was what it was going to be at one point. I'm certain the script just got kicked around and nobody wanted it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what blame? Leadership change at Paramount. Yeah, what blame? Then, they don't want it. And then they did that Rings reboot. That flopped. And it flopped. So like yeah, it just, just didn't happen. Which uh, is so frustrating for them to be like, well, Rings didn't work, so why would people want... It's like, it's like no, on, like, you made a bad call. And also, it's like, no, there's no, there's very little overlap of like Rings fans and Friday the 13th. Like, very different. Like, it's, teenage it's, teenagers going to a movie on a Friday night is Rings. Yeah, sla- slasher yeah. movies versus uh, paranormal movies based on Japanese properties. It's like, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. That's how stupid studios are. Like, <laughs> all horror movies are the same. If one does bad, they'll all do bad. Anyway. You're right. Yeah, and there's also an ongoing rights dispute. I like, I like that gif. You think this is funny? Like, Axes yeah. in the head, throws, throws across her across the room. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like hypnotized by. It. Can we? Uh, I'll move it out. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so there's a uh, Victor Miller who claims he owns the franchise, but does he? He's the guy who did the first one, right? Yeah, but the studio's like, yeah, you did that, and Jason was not in your version. Jason was, you know, a dead kid. Yeah, there was no guy. Did he in only the do the first one? Yeah, and then because he he famously. Bought the title and put up the ad right. first before he had anything. He's just like Friday the Thirteenth. I I bought it the name and then put out an ad in, in Variety. It was like Friday the Thirteenth coming soon, and everyone's like, "What's this horror movie Friday the Thirteenth? He's like, uh, "I don't know." And then just hired someone to write the script. So there's all these like intricacies of this lawsuit and yeah, litigation, and Miller's basically like, if he wins, he would control the future of them. But then the movies would not be allowed to have a Jason Voorhees character. And they couldn't be called so, Friday yeah. the 13th. It's like, what the fuck are you fighting for? Y- yeah, what are you going to buy? I don't know. It's all stupid. But basically the news here is there is no Blumhouse Friday the 13th of course not. yet. Yeah. I believe they will get it eventually. They'll probably try to, yeah. They're, also trying, to, they're trying to get everything. I mean, and, and, Why wouldn't they? And this is up for grabs, so they would try and get it. But yeah, it's like what this person did was probably first saw un titled Friday the 13th movie coming out on a Friday the 13th then search Jason Blumhouse yeah. Friday the 13th and some said I would love that and just like put put two, not, not even putting two and two together just made an assumption and by the way this isn't a journalist it's just some person yeah. so like they don't need facts they can just get, make the announcement and add the, the keywords them, and yeah get them clicks yeah so stupid it's like you're an idiot if you think that's true yes alright I think it's time for the main event I'm well, gonna get a uh, we gotta do a, what, what did you watch but also we gotta talk about movie pass Oh, I am jumping the gun. Because to me, what did you watch this week is the main event. Okay, well, it probably is. Uh, but yeah, Movie Pass. So, Movie Pass dropped a bomb, and I'm going to call it right now that Movie Pass is going to, uh, is in the process of turning its back on theaters and going to make a push for being some sort of its own streaming service. So, Movie Pass announced recently that they are going to be co acquiring films. Yes. Uh, and the idea is, is that they're going to be acquiring what they want to do is indie films first, obviously, because they don't have that much money. And what they're going to do is something along the lines of, Releasing when a movie comes out in the theater, they'll also release it VOD same day. Maybe like in certain some markets, maybe after the movie comes out a little bit. Basically, there's a first step in the VOD game. Now, it seems like a very small step, and I theorize that's because they don't want to piss off the movie theaters yet. I think they're going to start doing VOD. They're going to see how lucrative VOD is, and they already have the subscription service base for people who are obsessed with movies, Dutch, Movie Pass. And I think at some point they're going to cut theaters out and start doing same day VOD. I think they might even like 
be if they get good enough, if they get a good enough system, even like let themselves be bought out by a, a Netflix or an a- Apple is rumor rumored to be wanting to buy up properties because it's Apple and they have all the money. Regardless, right. it's a total bait. Not as a bait and switch, but it's like it's, it's a fucking gangster move. First of all, I have no love for theater chains. Fuck you guys. You you blew it. I mean, Alamo Draft House will be fine, so I'm not worried about it. But AMC, it's like you're garbage. And, uh, you know, they go to these failing uh, theaters and they're like, hey, nobody's coming because you guys are a huge pain in the ass and too expensive. Tell you what, we'll do a subscription service. It'll be cheap. We'll cover the costs. People can use our product to see, you know, this $10 a month unlimited movies. Fine. And I'm sure they sold like, we'll just get more people in the theaters and they'll buy more concessions because you don't make money off the tickets anyway. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But Movie Pass, they're not idiots. They're not going to build a, a franchise on fucking goobers and popcorn. Like the the movies and the the money's in the movies, right? So now they're kind of just like going to start streaming stuff and get it really good, and they already have an amazing subscriber base that they got from AMC and Lowe's and all these guys. And what's to stop them from turning around and be like, you know, we're just going to do same day movies in theaters too? What's AMC and Lowe's going to do? No, you can't use it anymore. First of all, they do that Mastercard thing, so it's like they they, they kind of can't stop it. And second of all, it's going to be like if they get enough footing with enough movies, they're like, fine, leave. We now are a company where if you have this movie pass. Yeah, and used to ten dollars a month. Seize the means of production. Yeah, exactly. Like even if they go like AMC's like fuck you guys. If they put out one theatrical release same day VOD and you have Movie Pass, it's ten dollars to see it at home, or it's gonna be you know fifteen or what plus snacks and shit to go see it someplace else. Yeah. It's like it's like it, it's it's hilarious that I mean this is like kind of like a, a warning to anyone if, if you need help in your business and some companies like hey we'll help you move units be like uh, uh, be like in between you and the customers like they're, they're gonna cut you out that's the point they came in to get their they get their audience to get the customers and gonna turn on be like oh, fuck you movie theaters we'll it'll be interesting ourselves. to see how much money they throw around because it's their first look like they're on the lookout at sundance right now uh, absolutely they are and but amazon pro- dude amazon just said say. that they're gonna stop with uh they're gonna slow down in indie films and focus on blockbusters so the market is opening up for movie pass and i'm sorry but like Amazon's not doing that because they don't. Cause yes, there's not a lot of money in uh, indie films, but Amazon has so much money they'd probably be like, if we get two or three blockbusters a year, that'll get more people subscribing in, to Amazon Prime than like you know two dozen indie films. So it makes sense to just be like, let's just get the big fish first, and everything will trickle down. So Amazon, it's almost like the indies are kind of like not worth it for them, but it's absolutely worth it for MoviePass, for Hulu, of course for Netflix because Netflix just does everything. You know, I just wonder if they can compete with like a Netflix at this level. They have so much more money, but I guess they do have but, all this money now. Yeah, they have. I mean, yeah, exactly. That, that I mean, it's so funny when everyone's like, "Oh my god!" But a movie ticket in most places over ten dollars. Movie Pass is so stupid. Haha! Surprise. They had. What do you know? They had a business plan that transcended two months. They actually were right. thinking ahead. I guarantee the higher ups are like, okay, when we hit this this milestone, then we're gonna do VOD same day everywhere, and then when the theaters, we will expect this backlash in the theater. We'll have this many people, and we'll weather the storm until we get more movies, and we'll just go for it this way. There's no fucking way the movie pass could sustain as a business just giving people cheap movie tickets. You know what I mean? There's no right. fucking way. Get real. So there you go. That's, that's some fucking gangster shit the movie pass pulled. And hey, I got no love lost. Like, dear AMC, dear Lowe's, I used to work for you guys. You're pieces of shit. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad Blockbuster's gone. I can't wait for AMC and Lowe's to be gone. Fuck all y'all. And movie pass, you're kind of shitty. And when you guys get put out of business, I won't give a fuck either. But I'll get mine while, I'll get while they're getting good. So there you go. That's, there's my uh, update on movie pass. Uh, what, did you, what did you watch? Yeah. Hey, what hey, um, I know it's not. I uh, what I I'm second pull up my Netflix thing because I saw what I had. Okay, uh, the horror thing that I tried watching was Dead Awake, the movie that was written and directed, or at least written by the guy who did Final Destination. 
because we were hot on Final Destination. I think he stuff. wrote and directed it. No, let me look. We were hot on eventually doing the Final Destination series, and I just thought like, oh, let's see what that guy's up to, or whatever. So watched uh, Dead Awake. I couldn't even finish it. it Tell was, me what it, what it, what it, what would happens. Uh, it's kind of oh, about, it's written by him. He didn't direct. It's it. kind of like sleep. Jesse Bradford's in it. Who's that? The guy from Swim Fan and like Bring It On. He hasn't had. A, I didn't know he was in movies still. And the, the star is the girl from House of the Devil, who I had a crush on. Yeah, she's great, but in this movie's Jocelyn Donahue. You know, you know what reminds me of? It reminds me of that movie Lights Out, in the sense of like... Wasted potential? Yeah, and also just being like, I can't even look at this movie. Like, it's just the quality of it <laughs> was bad. can't even look at the, this The movie. acting, everything about it was like terrible. So the, the gist of it is, is that a girl is having uh, sleep paralysis. So first of all, the movie starts off... I think at this point we know what sleep paralysis is. It's one of these movies that introduces this idea she's having nightmares, she can't move, she sees her psychologist, her doctor, and everyone's got to explain it to her, and then she's got to explain it to her friends. And then she... I think it was her sister, her best friend, not I think her sister... Uh, has this like premonition, this dream that she gets killed, and sure enough, in sleep paral- her sleep paralysis is the demon or the monster that like stands over the bed, you know, like she can't yeah. move, actually strangles and kills her. Hmm. And then now her sister, a friend of her, remember exactly, is now experiencing sleep paralysis, or the monster in the sleep paralysis is like getting other people. That's mm. what it kind of is. So first of all, uh, monster gets you while you sleep. Please, <laughs> I mean that that's like you're getting in a territory that's like you can't you can't even fucking touch that still. Sleep paralysis. You didn't like the nightmare. I did like the nightmare. Let's say regardless of how you feel about the nightmare, that documentary, that's like documentary docu drama, docu horror, whatever you want to call it, because it had reenactments in it. Like yeah. they did, they just did they did sleep paralysis. Like that movie, just just uh, it cleaned the bone on sleep paralysis. So if you come. And it with a movie about you sleep paralysis. Come correct. It's like what 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 is what haven't they done well? It's just too. It's just the, their ideas weren't too unique. It was really cheap looking, and yeah, it's it's about teenage girls, and it's just like the acting and everything was like really bad. So sorry guys, dead awake. Please skip. I haven't watched, but if anyone's seen it, let us know. I'll hopefully see it this week. The Open House, the Netflix movie. That uh, the Netflix horror thriller what that came it? out. It's called The Open House. Oh yeah, yeah. You sent me a link to it. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that. Have not seen it yet. If anyone's seen it, let me know. Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, that might be next week. I also really want to see the end of the fucking world. I hear that's great. Uh, and I did watch the David Letterman first talk show episode of his new talk show. My next guest, or what's it called? So my next guest needs no, no introduction. introduction. Reinterviewed Barack Obama. It was pretty good. I liked. You know what I liked about it? I liked it because it was, he's. David Letterman, so he's amazing at interviewing people. It was a long-form interview, which I don't think he's ever done. He's been long-form interviewed. But, I, I mean, Letterman's my favorite. So to see him back there doing what he does best, interviewing someone, asking real questions, being funny and charming and smart, but also self-deprecating. And right. um, Barack Obama was a great interviewee. Uh, so I, I have hopes that the show will be will continue to go. I mean, especially now that Charlie Rose is gone. We have we have an opportunity for someone who is a seasoned interviewer who can get the right people and can ask him the right questions out there now. So I'm looking forward to the episodes. It's not horror, but check it out. I don't. I mean, regardless if you like Obama or not, it was just a nice in-depth interview. Uh, I think that's what, what else I All watched. Right. So why don't you give me some of your hits? I watched Paddington. Enjoyed it. Already said that. Nothing really to add. It's a movie about a, a CGI bear. Everything's CGI though, isn't it? No, it's like real everything, and there's just a bear. Sally Hawkins is in it. It's fun. It's cute. I'm not going to talk about it much. Uh, I also watched... I was putting it off. I've had a screener for a while. What's it called? Hostiles. It's Christian Bale, mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike, Wes Studi. Um, it's set in, like, you know, 1800s. Basically, the premise is this fucking racist, like, what's his name? Captain, I think it is. 
Captain Joseph Blocker, a veteran of America's ongoing wars in the newly settled West. Uh-huh. He basically is the only one who can speak their language, the Indian language. So he gets stuck like transporting this like Native American guy who they're going to like, um, he's a, chi- a dying chief. Yeah. So he has to like escort him across the West to some place. And he doesn't want to go, you know, of course, doesn't want to, very reluctant. Yeah. Um, so it's just a Western, classic Western of them, you know, trying to get from point A to point B. Um, and it's just so, like, horribly violent and mm. savage the whole time. The opening scene, I was with this movie, I'll say, for, like, about maybe 45 to an hour. Mm-hmm. Totally with it. Thought it was mm-hmm. good. And then it just, you realize it's the only point of it is, like, what every movie has done like this has done in the past already and it's just like oh the indians aren't so bad huh yeah we've like we've done this before yeah and the white guys are gonna learn that the indians aren't bad through their through their good actions hey they're not savages after all what do you think so that's all it is i kept waiting for something else to happen but it's like takes a two and a half hour movie for him to figure that out we never dances with wolves come on guys i know and it stars the same dude west studio (laughs) so uh i the opening scene is just rosamund pike with her husband and two daughters and then the fucking war party comes and just kills them all in front of her and scalps her husband and shit. It's pretty brutal. I was in, that's why I was into it, but it's so, as this David Sims review in the Atlantic says, it's just shallow. Wait, scroll up. I want to see that picture. Even though it's not like that background, those like sticks or whatever. Yeah. At first glance, it looks like those are power lines. And yeah. when I, for my first glance, I'm like, oh, that must have been like a promo shot that they got like they behind the scenes. They forgot to take the power yeah, lines. Just like, oh, yeah, oh, this is a fun picture we did with Bale, even though it's not on set. Why not? But yeah, it's not. Oh, whatever. That's hilarious. Um, so Hostiles is one of those. I mean, it's had an Oscar push. Like it was screeners have been sent out. Whatever. It doesn't come out until this week. Uh, I didn't like it. Um, and then do you want to talk about the vault? Yes. So I think I laid in pretty hard at this movie cause I did not like it at all. You didn't finish it last week. But oh yeah. I did, I did. Oh, I did finish it. So, uh, I can say for certain it's terrible. I, I don't, I don't agree. And then, like the, the, the ending, vault. the ending was was a fucking dumbest fucking pile of shit. Yes. It's one of those things where it's like when it happened, I was like, the only reason I didn't consider this as an ending because I was Cause like, it's the dumbest, it's the dumbest most fucking, obvious thing. It's the yeah. stupidest fucking thing. Well, I will say though, without giving it away, I did notice that. A lot of James Franco's scenes seem isolated from the rest yeah, of the story. Yeah, you said that last time. And the reason I figured, and I still think this is true, I think it's because it was supposed to be a different movie, and that because it makes no sense why this movie, even if it, even if it's been shelved for a couple of years, Franco's been a big star for a while. It makes no sense why this movie comes out. He's not the star of it. I know his face is all over it, but he's not the star. He has he has a bit part in it, not a bit part, but like co-star at best. And uh, you know the leads in it are are people who can't. It's like Take any sort of like BS horror movie that you usually you'd see like late night on cable, just like the acting sucks, the people, there's the plot is stupid, and then like James Franco's in it. You're like, why is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, it didn't make yeah. sense. He, your your theory, ahead. I thought, was like they had him and they lost him. Yeah, and they made <laughs> it, they made up a movie around it because there's a lot of people over explaining stuff. I feel like there was gonna be more scenes with him. See, in it. I think after watching it that I I don't agree with that. I think it's just. They were pretty. It was just bad writing. Like it was very. No, but here's the thing. I know that they got Franco, but like, why is everyone? It's not like they got Franco and some other, you know, actors that are that are pretty. It was Franco, the girl from Orange Is New Black, which, by the way, she's great, but she's not like a box office star. So I could see how they could have gotten her for like cheap. But everyone else is like, who? It's no one you've ever seen before, you know. So it makes no sense why the the leads in this movie are nobodies, and the 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 other. I understand like. 
you know, it's cheaper because they're not in as much. Why would Franco do this movie? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know the backstory. I want to know what the backstory of this movie is. We should we should find the the director or the oh, and also I noticed you know it's distributed by, by Filmrise. Here's another reason why I think the movie like uh, it was probably filmed a while ago. So Filmrise is still an app on uh, on Roku, although I, I never use it. I think it was Filmrise was a company that was trying to uh, do a, we're going to be a streaming service and also acquire movies and acquired a bunch of stuff and then they've since gone out of business. The uh, the director of this made the signal. I hated that movie. Oh, did I fucking hate that movie. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's amazing. Film Rise is done, right? Yeah, look at the movies that they have. Film Rise. My Friend Dahmer. I saw that. White Girl. Marjorie Prime is good. Greasy Strangler, I think, is like Harmony Corinne-esque. Yeah, that movie was like famous for being like unwatchable. Yeah. Tr- what's Truman? Tell me they didn't make another Truman Capote movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, it's the dog. Yeah, so some movie with a dog. Yeah. Spanish Argentine comedy. They, they've bought literally nothing. They've bought nothing, and it's like these guys. Nothing's going on. They're just trying to be a. Everyone's trying to be the place where it's like we build up a catalog, people subscribe to our service, and they turn around and sell it. Which, uh, the vault. I said last week that I thought the premise was fun. And I think the premise is stupid. It sounds like something you, like they would have made like like a fake movie in The Simpsons. Like I agree. They went for a bank robbery, but they weren't counting on one thing. The vault is haunted. Haunted vault. You'd be like, that's not a real movie. It's stupid, but I like. I don't know. I found this movie entirely watchable, no. entirely engaging. A lot of arguing, because it also has, like, tries to be like a dog day afternoon, a lot of, like, how are we getting out of this? It was supposed to be an easy job. This guy went with this too violent. Did you know the other woman in the movie who's not the girl from Orange is the New Black? Yeah. Is Clint Eastwood's daughter. Oh. Isn't that mind-blowing? Too, but she's not. What's the one that's, like, at, no, wait, he has one that's, like, is she, was she, wasn't she in the, uh, the uh, um, uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? Can you this look one? Up? Which one was that one? Uh, Allison Eastwood. Okay. So she's got a yeah. couple dots. Yeah. She's the one who, like, is an actress actress. Yeah. Like, the one who's, like, considered. A the, successful Yeah, actress. successful. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the one in this one was like, give me a fucking break, dude. That, she was a waitress in Twin Peaks this season, too. So? That's what I'm saying. She's not doing much. <laughs> she was in the Fargo TV show? Yeah, yeah, parts. nothing. Yeah, and, and you know, hey, your dad's Clint Eastwood. Another person was like, "Do you really need?" Oh my God, she was born in 1993. Okay, I'm older than her. Yeah, you'll get used to that. That's <laughs> weird. I'm not yet. Oh brother. So she's 13. All right, years so nice this movie, do you want to just walk through it because it's so so? Yeah, so do, but I kinda, I'm kind of like lax on details. So you walk through it and I'll explain to you why it's stupid. Go. Okay. Well. It opens with I think does it I don't know if it does it show it at the beginning them setting like a ho- a fire nearby. No 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 it opens with a montage where you hear a nine one one call about a bank robbery and it kind of, yeah and it kind of like is just like these like this montage of things you kind of can't tell what it was it's it like seems like newspaper like headlines violent and shit. shit is happening you know bank robbery uh, people killed whatever then it opens on or then we go to the morning of this bank and uh, people are working there and doing stuff and James Franco's like a manager there he's sitting in his office drinking coffee looking like depressed or upset. And then he's kind of just stoically standing around. Yeah, just kind of this guy is like, I hate my life. Why am I doing this? Whatever. And then, uh, so the girl from Orange is the New Black. What's her What's her first name? V. V. So V is in the uh, in the bank arguing with the teller. There's a couple of people in there kind of looking at each other. You can tell like it's one of those like in the moment things. You know, people outside. You know, about to come in. Like, okay, bank robbery's about to ha- happen. Who's part of it? Who's not? Who's you know people? There's like a little bit of ruckuses and people complaining. And then boom, basically the bank's being robbed. 
when they start to rob the bank, it's V and a bunch of her friends, including uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's daughter and their her brother or husband, I forget, or some people. Brother. And the whole thing is like, we're here to get some money. They go to the drawers and start taking it out. And it's like, they realize like, or they go to like one. They go to the act, the vault that they think is the vault. Like the one upstairs. And it has like $70,000 in it. Yeah. And they, they, they were expecting to get like quarter of a million. Right? Yeah. So and there's like you know seven. They of them. owe somebody money. They're they're reluctantly robbing this. But bank. there's a, a bunch of people like there's at least like seven people. Another thing is like a seven person robbery. Like good good thinking guys. But it's the thing of just being like okay, clearly it's not enough money, and they're like we're gonna leave, and then so they start just like you know because they've uh, tied up people to make them. Well, they're in pretty they deep. Like right away, V punches or like beats up a security guard, I think. Yeah. And like the guys like, hey, we said no violence. Yeah. So you can tell like they're not like, on the same page. Some people are violent. Some people are not. And at some point. You know, because they got people like they're separating people, and they go to Franco, and Franco's like, "Oh, there's more money. There's a vault downstairs." And they're like, "Okay, fine, I'm gonna do that." He's like, "No, I swear, there's a vault, and you know, we just we we hold money there. We never go down there." So a couple go down there oh, to break into it. They gotta take some time to break into. It. Oh, by the way, they're like, "How long is it gonna take for us the safe crack or whatever? Like, How long is it gonna take for you to get into the vault?" And he's like, "He said like 20 minutes." 20 minutes. Right? It's like a bank robbery shouldn't last more than two. That's ins- that's insanity, you know? Like, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll, we'll rather take 30 minutes. Well, their whole thing was broad no daylight. One, the cops don't know yet. Apparently. Oh, of course, like no one's gonna walk in this public bank in the next thirty minutes. Give me a fucking break. So right there, he's like, "This is stupid." So then it's just a whole thing of like, while they're down there trying to break in, there are people kind of going on the check on them. Scary shit started happening. What's going on? You know. I thought the scary elements once they came in were actually pretty cool. Like, I did the not. People I thought with, like that, bags over their heads. No, and I shit. hated that. That was so stupid. So just it was systematic, and everyone's like, "Let's go down there. What's going on? Oh my god! What?" And a lot of people being like, "What the fuck's happening? There's like a ghost or something." I don't believe you. You're cracking up. Don't tell me. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Like it's so stupid. See what Joe watched. I think what I imagine Joe watching this. I imagine yeah. him with his arms crossed. Yep. Looking at it like. Fuck you. Yep. I watched it, and with every dumb turn. Oh, wow. With open arms, huh? Yeah, with every dumb turn, I was like, haha, that's kind of funny. And, like, when they explained why the ghosts were there, I was like, that's a pretty good explanation for why there's ghosts there. So there was a bank robbery there, like, in the 80s. In the 80s. And And the guy panicked and killed, or he killed some people, and then he made the hostages kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he set the place on fire. Yeah, down in the vault. In the vault. It's like they're trapped. So that's why it's ghosts in the vault or whatever. Spoiler alert, sorry. We spoiler alerted after we spoiled it. But I feel like, because first of all, I don't want people to see this. And second of all, <laughs> we should tell you why it's like fucking stupid. No, it's a perfectly watchable 90 minutes for me. But then the last... Oh, by the way, there's a real, there's a thing that happens where they're like... So so in the middle of it, they realize that the cops are outside and it goes a hostage negotiation. And like, who called the cops? Who called the cops? And then they're like, yeah, someone called and said there's a, a robbery in progress. Also coming. Like, who called the cops? You know, we never find out because there's a bunch of people in there. And who knows? So anyway... You do find out. I know, but what? But what? Why is so stupid? So then, after the, the some of the people escape, and whatever they get out, the the two girls escape, and I forget like if they oh, yeah. They, so they let the hostages go. Uh, and two they of get the out the back with some of the money, I think, and then like this cut to them on a desert road on the way to Mexico or something, right? And they pull over for yep. some reason. Well, the car the car's all fucked up. So they pull over. V gets out to check the engine or whatever, and while she's back there. Surprised the ghost is there and kills yeah, at least her. Yeah, that was really dumb. And it, that's the first thing. It's like, oh, the ghost followed him out there. So <laughs> then it cuts to like interrogating the people who were there, and they keep showing. Oh wait, no, they had so they had someone who was involved in the in the robbery like arrested, and they're yeah. doing a whole thing about kind of like figuring it out and looking at stuff and and she and every and everyone. No, who, wasn't wasn't it the the lead teller who's talking yeah, about? Yeah, Susan? yeah, yeah. And, and and they were like. What, what I forget wasn't she like they were talking about James Franco and they were like 
yeah, this one guy heated this, or was this one? She pointed to a picture on the wall, and, and it, was, it was like that guy. She's like that guy was. That, the, that's the, the guy who manager. helped, and that's the guy who got us out of there, and that's the guy who like you know told us which way to go. I was like, because Franco's basically like the hero of it, and the inside or whatever, and they're just like, that's insane. It was like, why is it insane? That Brett? guy's been dead for forty years. And what happened was, is he works at the bank in the eighties. And he's the one who called the cops to tell them about it. And because of that, the the, uh, the the robbers killed everyone, including him. And now he's one of the ghosts at the bank. And he didn't call the cops in present day. The He spiritually sent, like, that call. Like, the call they got was the, the same call that he call. had sent. Like, they heard then That's what it was. But it's Brilliant. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> but the hell, like, he was a ghost the whole time. What? But you see him talk to at least that one teller. And it's like he only shows himself to her and the bad guys. So yeah. he was a ghost the whole time. It was selective ghosts. It's so fucking stupid. That's so dumb to be like, uh, like, isn't that like the the the, it was, the the main character was a ghost the whole time? And the way, the way they treat it, the played out thing ever. The way they treat it is like the final scene in like Usual Suspects or something, where it's like, you know, they're like cutting to like yeah. make this montage. Oh look, he build, build, build. Yeah, he was standing there but not talking to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, like, you need oh to. he was in his office the whole time. That's right. And like everyone who's talking to him, like. Like I think there's a scene where like someone's like she she talks and walks away and everybody's like hey who are you talking to over there it's like nobody what do you want like like oh she really was talking to nobody or something stupid that's the equal of that that's fucking sucks yeah I I agree that it's really dumb but I think it's totally worth watching skip it and I'll put spoiler tags on this because I, we just totally ruined it but I enjoyed watching all that stupid shit unfold yeah fine uh, what else you oh dark season season premiere oh, yeah thoughts it was great isn't it great. I hate that I had to. I hate that it defaults to dubbed, so I had to change it, it? to English. What did I do? I think subtitles I, you know, I and did, I did, German audio. I did English subtitles, but I kind of wish I'd watched. It. I didn't know I could do the dubbed because I hate watching dubbed. Well, the reason I don't like dubbed is because like I have a hard time remembering names. It's hard when you read them, so like I'll keep looking back and like, wait, which guy are we talking about? So I'm a dummy. What do you want from me? I'm just dumb. But it's good, right? It's very good. They 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 really do a great job of not it's, letting you know who the people in the past and the people in the present are. Like you're guessing until the last episode, and that's why part of the mystery of like. I like that they're throwing. They threw like a million things even the pilot. Yeah. That are, it's just like here are all these things going on. You know that time is being fucked with. Mm-hmm. You know that there people some, have been part of the town for generations. Right. So uh-huh. like they throw a lot at you and they don't explain any of it. So I'm just, I'm hoping. Oh, yeah, it, well, it all kind of gets explained, but not. I mean, like it locks into the story pretty quickly, and it's very fascinating how. Yeah, how I'm fully fully ready for it. It's so fully good. ready to continue. It's so good. And once you when, if you're ever confused or once you watch, it, you're still confused. Read Kim Renfro's uh, summary of it because she pretty much is like this this person was that person from this time, and they were telling this person about this thing to do that, and kind of. So there's a lot of that stuff of like, what is. People will do stuff in a different time to affect the time before or after. They go back in time and do something like, but then you think like, yeah, but if that's affecting it, like, was that always the plan all along? You know, because it is. It's it's really good at doing that whole like, if you go back in time and change things, and then you come back in time, like, did you fuck with history? Was it always supposed to what was what was supposed to happen? That sort of thing. Right. It's time travel so hard to do right, which is funny because like some people, some of our favorite movies are time travel movies. This yeah. this show does it so well. It does it so well. I'm so stoked for season two. Yeah. Shout out to Dark. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I did like it. Yeah. Thanks for pressuring me intensely yeah, uh, yeah, to watch exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Joel Poitras film. Alchemist Cookbook. The Alchemist Cookbook. No, the Bad Alchemist movie was pretty good. I would, I would recommend this movie to horror fans 
who can who who can who how can I put this are patient and want to watch an interesting character study. I hesitate to call this a movie because very little happens. Yeah. But much like Joel's last movie or that movie Buzzard, that again I kind of felt the same way about was, it is a study you spend all your time with a mentally ill person being kind of a crazy piece of shit. It's the type of person that if you saw on the subway, you would like change cars because they're nuts. And this person, in this instance, this person has isolated themselves in the wood, in, woods in a uh, in a cabin, doing something with chemicals. And, and you know, it's a challenge to side with this character because the guy clearly has mental issues. Buzzard was the same way. I thought that the character and the way the guy acted was fascinating, and I hated him. But they did an amazing job at, at portraying a character who I deeply hate. So I hated it, that. So I hated that it, character so much. I walked out of. Yeah. The movie. So is it a good movie? I don't know. But that actor and that character they play was like. You know, I also think uh, I kind of put it, even though I really enjoyed the comedian with Tim Heidecker or the yeah. comedy, right? Like that's another comedy. Where, you're like, where you're like, man, this guy. And then entertainment, the other one. I wasn't that's entertainment, but the comedy, and this is like, I don't know what these movies are called, like the same thing, character study. We, when they make a movie about a character who is so despicable and you're just going to spend an hour and a half of them being despicable, it's hard to say like if it's good or not. It's like, yeah, they did a good job and it was authentic to that, but like, who wants to spend an hour and a half with a despicable person? That's why I think these movies are hard to review. That being said, I thought the Alchemist Cookbook was interesting, and I thought that it was worth watching. But I'm going to tell you, this guy sucks, and it's hard to spend an hour and a half with him. Go. I thought it was really interesting because, like, the whole movie takes place exactly where you said it's in the backwoods in this like disgusting shack. Yeah, and I thought it did a really good. By the way, job. minor spoilers to explain this movie. So okay, but I don't. I, I mean, I don't think. Knowing what happens is really going to affect your. No, well, all all you know as a viewer is is right off the bat you you don't you don't know what he's doing he's there he's fucking with he's chemicals, got chemicals. Yeah. he's got a friend or a cousin or it somebody his brother i thought somebody yeah. somebody in his family i think yeah, yeah. coming to bring him uh supplies and, and food stuff, yeah. and his medication which is important yeah um and also he's very like picky and like they like is is this person i thought it was his brother is very like Hey man, you owe me for setting this up. You know, like I'm doing you a favor by letting you stay out here. So you can tell there's like some some history there that's not it's it's not it's not a loving relationship. It's kind of like a I'm doing you a favor by doing this, and he's just kind of like I don't like you, but I but I need you. I have kind to deal of, with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought the s- suspense throughout. I was pretty on edge, like just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, and it it does. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple scenes that are I would say like make me want to call it a horror movie, but I would say overall it's not. Uh, those scenes are really well done. Yeah. And they're really creepy. More stuff happens in this than Buzzard. And I'm not giving yeah. any way to say, like, from his perspective, you can tell right away he's mentally ill. I think he is... is we, we talked about exorcism before. He is showing signs of uh, schizophrenia. Yes. And he is convinced that there's something out in the woods that's trying to kill him, something evil. And whatever yeah. he's doing, he's convinced it is to, st- to either keep it there from spreading or to keep it from killing him or from harming others. He thinks he is, and it's called the Alchemist Cookbook, he thinks his his work and his powers and his potions or whatever he's doing, it looks like he's making meth, in some way is there's something out there that's trying to get him and this is the only way he knows to stop it from getting him. And it's like a, it's like a nonstop while he's awake he has to, you know, do all these rituals and stuff. And you'll see him like sleeping, and then he'll just like wake up in the middle of it and start screaming and freaking out. Like he, he, his, he's not giving himself a moment's peace. Now, whether it's real or not is yet to be revealed. But he definitely he believes that it's real, and that's what we're spending time with. So it is. If you've ever been on the train with a crazy person who's screaming like someone's trying to kill them, 
and you're like, man, like, like what is what world are they in? Right but now? like you see yeah. this, the fear in their eyes. You're like, I know no one's trying to kill them, but they, that's they believe it. Yeah, it's like he believes it. Yeah, that's that's the foundation of it. So it was an interesting, interesting setup. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I couldn't realize if he was trying to ward something off with what he was doing, it's or if he I was thought. like summoning what he was afraid of. I don't know why yeah, he I, would I, do I that. I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I took it like he's either trying to. I don't know if he feels like he brought it out and he's trying to put it back, but yeah, he's definitely just fucking with stuff like because he because yeah. he goes in the woods and he's like doing like those fires and yelling and and throwing things around and stuff and and like that that like bellowing that you keep hearing yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. where it's like there's some like deep it's basically like there's some demonic thing under the surface is just waiting to come out the whole time and yeah. you're like is it gonna fucking happen and or you not? know and I, and I think there's something to be said that we don't know. If if that those noises are being made or if he's hearing things, I so and yeah, even after the movie's over, when like horror stuff does happen, the question still remains: Did that happen? Yeah. Or did that was that on his head? Yeah. Um, I, would you call this a comedy? Because there no. are funny parts. No, there's not. It's like not. the cat food. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I, I I would not consider this a comedy. No. I. I think it was. I I was gripped. It's an eighty minute movie. Yeah, it's short, and the the lead in it does, does a, a great job, a pretty good job. I, when I read on IMDb, uh, the director, the writer director, told him that he wants his performance to be like jazz. So you get that a lot of like. It's clear that they were. If there's a script, it was only a few pages because there's not a lot of dialogue. And I think it was a lot of just like, okay, in this one, you're having a manic episode and you think something is outside trying to kill you and you you, you know, you're just certain it's going to come in any minute. You know, We're all going to stand back here and just why don't you just freak out for 20 minutes? And I'm sure they just will down to the best you know, 45 seconds because he's just like just screaming at himself and throwing things and, you know, throwing potions and pouring it around and then like, like drinking things and freaking out and, you know, like, He's got a cat too. Yeah, putting Casper. on putting on loud rock music. He he likes the smoking popes, which I thought was really a little bit off putting. I don't know maybe that's Joel guys from Chicago, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's just like um, you know freaking. Actually, the smoking popes is not a bad idea because like they're super Christian. So I maybe. think this movie was filmed in like Michigan or something. No, but the smoking popes would be good music to ward oh, off right, demons because right. yeah. they're all like super Christian. Um, yeah, so I mean like. Yeah, watch it. I, I, you know what? I would say go into it like if you ever if you did watch the comedy or Buzzard, being like this movie's not a plot movie; it's a character movie. Yeah. So watch a, a horror character movie. It kind of had the same. I feel like we watched something last year that we really liked. Those like this. I want not Evolution. Was it Evolution? Always no. Shine. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I feel like watching a movie that was just primarily one character, and it was like really fucked up. I don't know. I have to look at our best of list, but uh, yeah, it had that feel. I mean, it's definitely a. Uh, uh, a movie unlike any other that's out there right now, right? Yes. Definitely cool aspects of it. So, yeah, check it out. I mean... I say definitely worth watching to consider. I just don't want to be like, it's a good movie, because it's like, mm, it's like, it's a, char- it's a character study. I don't know if I consider it like a movie. The general idea of it is not original. Like, is he or isn't he mental, or is it horror? Yeah. But, like, the way they go about it, I thought it was a very unique way in. To yeah. tell that story. Oh, I keep forgetting. You got to watch the movie about that guy who, that rich guy who did was fucked up. Made a movie about his problems. Yeah, before the Getty, he died. the Getty Kid. Yeah, he, Evil Within. Did he kill himself or he OD'd? He OD'd, I think. Evil Within. We got to watch that. The Evil Within. Yeah. All right. I guess it's time for our main. Is that everything? Main event. Uh, yes, Mom and Dad, the new Brian Taylor movie of Taylor and, and Eveldine. I just realized Brian Taylor is the creator of that new show. With Chris Maloney called Happy. Oh, is he? That makes total sense. Yeah, they it's dip- a show. Yeah. I believe it stars Chris Maloney as a guy and uh, 
Patton Oswalt as uh, a talking cartoon talking character. horse or something. Like he, like he almost dies of a heart attack or whatever. Yeah, and, an and, injured hitman befriends a blue horse. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like his imaginary friend that, that only he can see. It looks insane. I hear it's actually great. I, I actually bet. should we should be watching that. Okay, I love Chris Maloney. Yeah, and it's on uh, like sci-fi. Okay, we'll check it out. Um, so Mom and Dad is Brian Taylor's movie. Came out theater and VOD same day. And I'm glad that they did that because I would love to see, I want to see this movie and I don't make it to the theater that often. Plus my wife would definitely hate this movie. <laughs> but what worries me is uh, they probably all but guaranteed that's not going to get a good box office return, which I think is bad because I think this movie has purged potential. This movie is a day where for whatever reason it's not explained, parents all over the country, at least in this town, it looks like a, an affluent uh, village in California somewhere, wake up and for reasons they can't explain, have an uncontrollable desire to murder their children. Not any children, just their kids. And it's that day, so we, so mom and dad, we, we, we open up on uh, Nick Cage and Selma Blair, their suburban husband and wife, had a family, they got a teenage daughter, a son who's like 10, you know, he hates his job, she's a bored house mom, the, the teenagers are shitty to them, the teenagers are kind of up to no good, her and her friends like smoke and drink and do drugs and stuff, you know, mom and dad don't understand, they're bickering, they're fighting, My, obviously Nick Cage and some of Blair, it's like a window in their boring suburban lives, like who, what parents can't relate to just like giving their life to the kids and then become teenagers and just shit on them and they're unhappy. So setting that up and then <laughs> it's like 20 or 30 minutes into the movie, parents just try to fucking murder their own children. And it becomes like this, like almost like, um, whatever, uh, you know, first, uh, 15 minutes of uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake where it's just being oh, like because yeah. no, it's not zombies it's just like and they're normal to each other like they, they'll see other kids out because the kid takes and it's fine yeah. it takes the kids a while they think like everyone's trying to kill kids but they'll see like they'll just see like a, a parent kind of like walking out of the house like like covered in blood holding a bloody bat and like oh fuck here he comes he kind of looks at him like he's like hey kids how's it going today like it's almost like the parents have this disease where not only they want to viciously murder their children but they A don't think anything of it and B are just like hey how you doing like so I think this is, I really like this movie and I think it's just like, but it's ridiculous, R- capital R ridiculous. And very, I would say borderline obnoxious dialogue sometimes. Of course, yeah. About like parenting and relating parenting yeah. to all this shit. Because you get a lot of Nick Cage just being like, you know, like, you, give, a- him, you give him everything and it's still not enough. Ah, I gotta yeah. sh-. Like that, that kind of stuff is being like, open the door. I am your father and I'm going to kill you. Like that kind it's of stuff. It's a great Nick Cage performance. Yes. Kate Rage uh, is at top. Ray, we haven't seen this other one, Maggie. What's it called? Mary? Mandy. I haven't seen Mandy yet, but this is this is definitely a quintessential Rage Cage. I'm going to say, while I liked his performance, yeah. and I love the premise, yeah. I was let down by the execution a little really? bit. I thought, can you work? They don't, maybe it's a budget problem. Uh-huh. They don't show any of the kid deaths, really. I think, it sounds I'm, fucked up. I mean, I'm wondering if it was more like a... Moral. ratings thing i know you know, but I mean, like, I they're think, the guys who made crank you know they should yeah but they're beating more. children to death is different than guys getting, i don't like, know getting shot i want to know i don't know that. let's get to, let's get uh get taylor on the phone i wonder what happened i just i thought that was weird and i mean real quick I mean, if people are like wondering if they should see it or not if if for anything yeah, sure watch it if yeah definitely watch it but if for anything there is a scene in the in a maternity ward the yeah. day this happens. There's a scene in the maternity ward. Everyone war. wants to, and uh, just everyone is trying. There's another scene. Yeah. Uh, the maternity ward. Oh, the, there's a scene with a coat hanger that doesn't, you think you know where it's going by me saying coat hanger, but you don't. Uh, I it was but the gross. maternity ward was one where it was like, 
well, this the movie, tension when you see like the when you realize it's about to happen, you're like, oh, oh no. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think that's this movie also did a good job of like planting a couple seeds at the beginning of you know when it's like the mundane like you know the morning is like any other morning like oh mom dad you're so annoying like uh, the grandparents are coming over today and your aunt's gonna be having a baby it's just like that like droning on and on about bullshit you're like yeah who cares you know and then, then it comes it, back it all comes back in sort of a way where you're like oh yeah yeah i just don't know if it's as clever as it thinks it is because i that's, thought that's fair yeah i mean but then again like like the scene crank when the, is crank is kind of when the there's same a way, knock like, on the door and it's like I'm like I knew exactly what was gonna happen and it's and the characters didn't why didn't Nick Cage know that's what a was good about point. to happen yeah that's a good point. I was like this is stupid I kind of thought it was gonna be like almost the end of Lost Boys where it's like just when you think they're about to get killed like those people show up and like, like right like that the fact that it was like knock 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 it just oh, did it. it's yeah. just like wait no you should know what but yeah. who knows. Um, Maybe when you're doing it, you're not cognizant that you're, you know, that there's something happening. It, it wasn't like, know. yeah, the rhythm. But I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I love the crank movies. I love crank high voltage. But an argument being made, like, if a guy needs like adrenaline to not die, like that movie, in theory, could have been twenty times crazier. Oh, Cause sure. Because like, anyone who's played Grand Theft Auto has done way worse shit than crank high voltage. Sure. But at some point, it's like, well, we can't, you know, how crazy is this thing gonna get? But you weren't satisfied, and that's fair. I wasn't super satisfied with that. Um. It's mostly that they didn't show. Like I just think they didn't do much with it. Like I love the, but couldn't they? That's what I'm saying. Like, couldn't they? Much like because we've talked about how each Purge movie is better than the one before it. Yeah, like, and they Happy could Hunting, easily, I think, is the best Purge. They movie. could easily make another Mom and Dad movie. Yeah, anywhere in World at the same time. Like because because we start at the high school or no, we start at the high school, but like the high school is when it all the happens. The scene like, where the parents the are parents all just the show up shit. and just yeah. like because people are like, what's happening? It's like a bomb threat, and then the parents are beating the shit out of the kids. So why did that kid get like ripped up in half? I bet That's he did. They didn't show it. I think they were going to, but I just and they just had off screen like a mom like hit him with the keys in the throat or something. I will say if there's gonna if there's a uh, an un- unedited or un- unrated version of this then it's gonna have that stuff but there could easily be a movie next time where a bunch of teenagers figure out what's going on and get together and like systematically go and kill like just go kill their parents or go out there and like try and save kids I mean like that, I'm th- more this, excited th- for that this concept because yeah. it's because it's almost like a violent zombie movie without the tropes of zombies yeah like, just such a fucking hilarious idea for a movie it is a hilarious idea and that's why I think I was so let down just because I didn't love it like I thought it was fine alright I'll give it a B minus I wanted to what do you love give it? it what do you give it I'm giving it like a C whoa okay not, a, not even a C plus I think right. it's I wanted so much more from it every time something good was about to happen it would cut away and I was like this is a Look, it, it was as good as what was the most recent purge election year yeah it was as good as that movie yeah that movie's not great <laughs> yeah there you go like so so it's first god i hope they make more of these but it's first one's already as good as it took the purge three movies to get it watchable and they came out with one that was watchable first thing so i i uh i enjoy it you know what this movie would be best to watch with like friends. Yeah. So you can all be like, holy fucking shit. Like maybe because we watched it alone, it was like you had enough time to think of how dumb it is. Yeah. I don't know. I, once you started singing its praise, I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I just, I just kept waiting for it to really impress me. And while there are a handful of scenes like that maternity ward scene that are like, holy shit, I couldn't even like, I was like, this is insane. Uh, for the most part, it was too few and far between, and it felt longer than a ninety-minute movie. To I me. will say he did pepper in a lot where movies slow down. Are the scenes bad flashbacks, or when they're talking about when when because uh, Nick Cage and Selma Blair have a lot of like conversations about like or like flashbacks of like a couples' arguments they've had. That's just 
a lot of like we're so unhappy like what happened to us like we used to be so this and that uh, I didn't want this life I didn't want it either like uh, you know look at me I'm fat and bald like, oh, you think I'm happy with my life like that like bickering about like what it, we used to be fun and cool and now we're boring suburbanites what happened to us but I, I kind of think like I like this movie. We didn't need it. We didn't need any of that. Just like, just try to kill your kids. I like it as like a response to the anxieties of being a parent. Yeah. But the the writing didn't match. Like it doesn't need to be so explicitly told. Yeah. I like this. Is gonna gonna sound shitty, but I think it's true. It's like, do we really need to explain why kids, why parents want to kill their teenage children? Yeah. They really need to be like, well, you know, it's it's this thing. It's just being like. Yo, have you ever been around a teenager? It's like fucking somebody kill this person. <laughs> Get them out. Like, of like here. what, what, what? You saw, most teenagers I meet, I'm like, what jury would convict parents for killing these kids? Find me the like that 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 news story that just came out where it turned out that one uh, parents were like had a bunch of kids and like tied them up and torturing them. I'm like, yeah, they probably were irritating. <laughs> I just all I'm it's saying like, is teenagers are fucking irritating. I don't need the flashback of like our kids are so mean to us. We gave up our lives for them and they treat us like shit. It's like yes, we know, and you want to kill them, and now you can. So get to the killing, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is... Oh, by the way, I ran into a, a podcast super fan and uh, frequent uh, co-host, uh, replacement host, Jared Jeffries, and him and his girlfriend saw um, that My Friend Dahmer movie, and they both loved it. And they're like, you know what? Your buddy Brett doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So you might, you might be the one with the impossible standards on this podcast. Oh, stop not me. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Dahmer, the uh, Dahmer no. movie is it's well made. I said it was well made. I know I said it's a good movie. It's just like whatever. why? I know whatever. Why make that? I probably movie? I probably will never see it. Even if you said it was good, I still wouldn't see it. But oh, they also like downsizing. They're insane. Then they're not. Jared, you're beyond help. <laughs> Dude, I'm Alexander Paint for life. So I I I have to see. You it should watch it and yeah. tell me if you're really still okay. Well, um, okay, fine. But uh, I thought uh, my, so. I like Mom and Dad, and you like the Alchemist Cookbook. Yes. And so Mom why does Dad, everyone do a double feature of that? And you'll, it, it'll be the first new flesh double feature. You guys can watch it. It's under three hours. Yeah, because you can stream it. Why don't you guys do the the new flesh double feature challenge this week? You guys got to do Alchemist Cookbook and Mom and Dad, preferably Mom and back Dad to is, back. You got to pay for it to rent. Do it. Uh, but and then I want saying, and I want you guys to just tell us which is better. What I've been trying to say and keep getting cut off is that. What are you trying to say? <laughs> from the. When I heard a movie about parents killing their children from the writer-director of Crank, this movie is way fucking tamer than I wanted it to be. Okay, but you can say the same thing about The Purge. Sure. The Purge is... I have said the same <laughs> yeah. thing about The Purge. Well, there you go times. then. Yeah, well, The Purge is... I'm like, I'm like turning like a Trump defender. Yeah, well, Hillary would have been worse. What do you think of that? Yeah, like, right. Who gives a fuck? That, yeah. that, that typical, like, well, I'm right because in another instance it happened, so there. I like these episodes where we're catching up on recent shit, so we should do... Open house for next week. Yes, for I definitely sure. watch it. Oh, yes. And I'll watch as much dark as I can. Okay. And I'll, there's a handful more horror I stuff. I feel like another show came out that's supposed to be good. I think someone suggested it on Twitter. Fuck, let me check. Uh, 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 why don't you uh, t- direct everyone on what to, uh, where to rate and review the pod while I look this up? Okay. <laughs> you can rate and review Talk slower. the pod on iTunes. That is I. <laughs> Tunes. What did he say? You can also review it on Stitcher on its own. Uh, there's everywhere it is hosted, it can be reviewed. Oh, you know we, what? Never mind. No one, no one suggested. No that. one recommended <laughs> Joe's shit. I'm stalling for no reason. Okay. Here's Ice Cube. No, Bye. are we done? Yeah. No, okay, yeah, we're done. Goodbye. <laughs> Roll
to the pad and hit the showers. Didn't even get no static from the cowards. Cause just yesterday, them booze tried to blast me. Saw the police and they rolled right past me. No flexing, didn't even look in a brother's direction as I ran the intersection. Went to show dog's house, they was watching your MTV raps. What's the haps on the craps? Shake em up, shake em up, shake em up, shake em. Roll em in a circle of homies and watch me break em with a seven. Seven eleven, seven eleven, seven even back door, little Joe. <laughs> I picked up the cash flow. Then we played bones, and I'm yelling domino. Plus, nobody I know got killed in South Central LA. Today was a good day. Left my homie's house paid. Picked up a girl, been trying to dig since the 12th grade. It's ironic. I had the boo, she had the chronic. The Lakers beat the super signs. Felt on the big fat fanny. Pulled out the jammy and killed the poo nanny. And my Jimmy runs deep, so deep, so deep. Put her butt to sleep. Woke her up around one. She didn't hesitate to call Ice Cube the top gun. Drove her to the pad and I'm coasting. Took another sip of the potion. Hit the three wheel motion. I was glad everything had worked out. The burnt off and then chirped out. Today was like one of those five dreams. Didn't even see a berry flashing those high beams. No helicopter looking for the murder. Two in the morning, got the fat burger. Even saw the lights of the good year blip. And it read ice cubes a pinch. Drunk as hell, but no throwing up. Halfway home, and my page is still blowing up. Today I didn't even have to use my AK. I gotta say it was a good day. <laughs>